Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was a Mortella from Snarky Puppy. Lovely way to start the programme here on Jazz FM. It's me, Elliot Moss, with Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business. My business shapers, and I've got double trouble today, are the co-founders of the indoor boutique cycle studio business called Boom. They are Robert Rowland and Hilary Gilbert. You'll be hearing a lot from them and be prepared to get fit as we speak to them through the course of the programme. In addition to hearing from Robert and Hilary, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, some brilliant music from the Shapers of Jazz, Soul and Blues, including Madeleine Peru, Louis Armstrong and this from Wilson Pickett here on Jazz FM. That was Wilson Pickett and the classic in the midnight hour. Robert Rowland and Hilary Gilbert, the co-founders of Boom Cycle, the indoor boutique cycle studios business that they have created. They are here with me today, a fresh young business to support the programme. Thank you very much, both of you, for joining me. Thank you for having us. Now, Robert, let me start with you. Um, and I should add both of your partners in business, and I believe you're also partners outside of the office. Yes, we are. We How are. about that? We spend so, lots of time together. Lots of time together. <laughs> let me start there. You've Obviously, you'd met before you created the business. Robert, asking you first, what's it like working with um, the person you are romantically involved with? Because a lot of people say, never work with dogs, never work with cats, never work with children, never work with your partner. Um, Yeah, it creates a lot of um, funny views from people. I think people think it's um, surprising that we'd want to spend so much time together. But I'm not going to say it's going to work for everyone. But I think in our in our situation, it kind of made life a lot easier when we were when we were looking to to do or Hillary for example was looking to do this business particularly I was actually looking at setting up some other things on my own and we kind of sat down and said look if we're both going to go down this road I mean I've I've worked for small um, you know SMEs before and seen what it's taken to go from a one-man band to to a kind of bigger shop and seen the level of work it took and we kind of sat down and said look if we're both doing our own thing we are not going to see each other it's going to be a very testing time um, and I said, look, I think we might be better off going into one thing together. And, and even up to that point, we had kind of moved quite quickly. I mean, Hillary moved 6,000 miles um, after about three days of us being a couple. That's a commitment, Rob. It is. You've done very well. It was so, Super levels of commitment. I think, I think, And then I think we were living together about a month after that. So you could say we've always jumped in with our feet first and, yeah. and kind of just gone for things. We're not really ones to hang around and, and just see how it goes. We like to get on and just do it. And Hilary, um, Robert mentioned that it was kind of an idea that you've been, you've been toying with. Tell me what the idea is. And I know you've got two studios now and there'll be lots of expansion plans as we keep tracks on you over the years. But Shoreditch and Hoban in London... Tell me about the specifics of where this idea came from to create a a cycle studio. Okay, well, when I first came to London, I was modelling and... 
uh, let's backtrack, actually. When I first moved to New York City for my very first big modeling contract in 2002, I started spinning at the gyms there, indoor cycling, etc. And then when I moved to London, there were only a couple gym offerings that were decent, but they were super expensive and they weren't offered at convenient times, etc. So I thought then, I was like, wow, I just want to open a place that does indoor cycling and just, you know, do it whenever it's convenient for everyone because if I want it, other people must want it as well. Um, so at that time, though, I wasn't ready to give up my previous career and I knew that it was probably going to take over my life, which it did, opening a business, etc. And um, I held off a few years until I was ready to put down roots in any one place. And then when I met Robert and made the big move, I was like, this is the time. This is the time to find out more what happened from the co-founders of Boom Cycle, Robert Rowan and Hilary Gilbert, my guests today here on Jazz Shapers. Time for some music. This is Madeline Peru, and you're going to make me lonesome when you go. That was Madeline Peru, and you're going to make me lonesome when you go. And of course, for those of you in the know, that was a Bob Dylan cover. And for those who didn't know, you now do. Hilary Gilbert and Robert Rowland, my business shapers today, they are the co-founders of Boom Cycle, a very attractive looking, you should go down there and see it um, if you can, and you're in lovely London, a uh, very attractive looking studio, the one near the office where I work. Now, let me ask you a question, Robert. Setting up your very first um, studio and all the bits that go with it, the excitement and the, the, the shine of the idea, I imagine, got submerged very quickly in the reality of leases and of contracts and things like that. How did you cope? Um, I think the actual leases and contracts were probably, I think, the first battle was just planning. Um, it, was, it was a very, very long process i think it's it's frustrating when you're um trying to take over an empty site this one in particular the first one had been derelict for seven and a half years uh the second one uh was derelict four and a half years and for both of them you know six to nine months just to get a change of use to move in um and providing things that just weren't available and and just yeah a huge huge battle but very exciting at the same time and I guess just frustrating. I mean, it gives you a bit more time to plan, but it, it's kind of one of those processes that it's a bit hard to understand, for, especially from the outsider point of view. You know, you're just trying to set up a business, you're trying to employ people, and people are just saying, well, you know, it's going to take another three months to make a decision, another three months to make a decision. Um, and I think that's definitely, you know, looking forward something that, that I, you know, really want to try and push against a bit more because they think it's it genuinely holds people back mm-hmm. um you know it's on our second site the same issues happen again i mean we could have been open six months before we were if people had just made quick decisions um and i think you know we also have a very good support network of advisors and investors um friends family um i grew up here so i've kind of got a good range of friends who've kind of gone into very various different careers and things like that. So I think we were very lucky with having a good support network who could really help us at every turn. Now, I'm going to talk about your your previous career, and I want to come back to, to Robert as well okay. in a bit. Obviously, going from the world of fashion and being a model in the world of fashion, very different from going up and, and changing and setting up your own business. Was there something in you that said, look, I like the freedom that this, this fashion job gives me but actually there's something else um well definitely i think that for one thing i had been 
a model since I was 15. So at one turn, I was like, I, I wish really... I could say the same. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what I'm do you mean? <laughs> you very obviously are. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I was really, really anticipating having a change in my life as I was approaching 30. Not only did I realize I needed to make a decision um, for how I was going to pay my bills for the rest of my life, etc. Um, because we all know that unless you're super famous, models have a sell-by date, etc. Um, and also, I had always really wanted to do this, and I was just waiting for the time when I could put all of my energy into it rather than feeling like I was missing out and, you know, not completely whole. But I think when I met Rob, I was like, wow, this could totally work for me. So in a funny kind of way, the enforced sell-by date that a professional footballer would get or a sportsman get is the same for model. That actually precipitated the, I've got to do something next. Yes, exactly. Well, not bad. Maybe we, should, we could all do with a few pressure points like that. More coming up from my business shapers, Hilary Gilbert and Robert Roden, the co-founders of Boom Cycle. Latest travel in a couple of minutes. But before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishkondorea for your business. Hi, I'm Kevin McCarthy. I'm a corporate lawyer with Mishkondorea. Much of the work I do is with companies and their managers preparing for third-party investment. Likewise, I do a fair bit with investors, and so I see both sides of the investment process, and I understand what makes some deals work and others not. One investor I know summed up his strategy as the three Ps. Firstly, product. Is the product sellable? Secondly, personnel. Is there a good management team and key staff? Thirdly, profitability. Are the margins strong, sustainable and scalable? In short, will it make money? These are wise words. If you're looking for investment for your business, address those three Ps. And I would add a fourth P, and that is preparation. That can mean many different things to different businesses. If you're a software company, make sure you own it. If you're in retail, make sure your supply lines are robust. If you deal in confidential information, make sure it's protected and that no one can steal it. That's what investors are buying. There are many businesses out there all chasing the same pot of gold and investors' cash is not unlimited. So, when you make your pitch, prepare as well as you possibly can. And remember the four Ps. Product, personnel, profits and preparation. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning here on Jazz FM from 9am till 10am. You can go to iTunes, catch every single one of my fabulous guests over the last two and a half years as well. Uh, you'll find them all over there. And if you happen to be uh, looking around FT.com and you get bored, not that you would, of course, um, you can go and find some of our programmes featured over there as well. Hilary Gilbert and Robert Rowland, my business shapers, they are both um, the founders of Boom Cycle. Uh, they are also, and this is what's interesting to me, just looking back at things, both of you kind of come from a biology background and both of you studied these things. Hilary, I'm going to turn to you first. Do degrees make any difference to where you end up in life? I mean, obviously, you, you kind of you did your thing in the fashion world, but now you're an entrepreneur. Does it matter 
Well, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. I think in some instances it absolutely will matter, but um, particularly in my experience, the only thing that had ever held me back, because I studied four years uh, in college, but I didn't actually graduate because my modeling contract came through, and I was like, I am getting the heck out of Kentucky. And so, what is Kentucky like? You know, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a provincial kind of fellow. What, what, what is life like in Kentucky? Good-looking horses and fast women. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so you got the hell out of good-looking horses and fast women you well, jump on a plane and you go to New York City those are those are the two, two of the great aspects of Kentucky however um there are many it's very beautiful it can be quite calm to grow up in mm. and I had always had this great thirst for adventure and life and at a certain age I was like you know what I've done everything there is to do in Kentucky and I am ready to go see the world and I mean I was just raring to go from you know a certain age to get to get where I was going. So and and Robert, for you, obviously, you you had a if I believe uh, a degree in gene cloning and molecular genetics. That's a mouthful at KCL in in London. Um, and then you often did a bunch of jobs. Again, did you know you were going to work for yourself? Was there a kind of a I, feeling inside? I did. You? Yeah, I think for a very long time, I always have done. Um, I've always had a huge interest in business. Um, mistook that for a, uh, you know went off to go and do some internships one did one at Goldman Sachs one at um, another stockbrokers and I think I kind of mistook my interest in business for finance and they quite quickly made me realise that the last thing I want to do is work in banking um, but you know I think I did a degree and then went to work for the, the drinks consultancy business and got to travel the world um, and go to parties basically it was a lot of fun but I think I'd always had that end goal, which is kind of why when I left university, I went to go and work for a, a small, um, a smaller business so I could kind of learn the bit of the ropes. I mean, going back to your original question, do I think it's necessary? I have those moments when I think I could have just gone and started a business three years earlier. Um, do I need to go and do a degree? But then at the same time, I think you know, the reason I chose my degree was not because I ever wanted to work in it, because I thought it would be interesting and I thought I could actually learn a lot from it. And I think especially doing a science degree, you kind of really learn the the way to analyze things and strategic thinking in a way. And it gives you it gives you that kind of way of thinking that I think is really important for a business to actually sit down and, and analyze uh, data, analyze marketplaces, analyze where you think you're going to go, where you want to be, um, you know, spreadsheets galore and number crunching. Mm. Um, I'm making this business sound really boring here, probably, but, no, but um, it's make, a lot more exciting. Good... But I think it's about a way of thinking mm. um, about the bigger picture, and but using the kind of smaller um, details to actually, you know, forge a way forward, and which I think is really important. No, and, and in defence of degrees, I mean, as I as I think back to all the people I've interviewed, it's it's a split decision. Some people have them, some people don't. But what you've just described in terms of the batch of skills that you you will develop through doing a degree are, are excellent testimony to the fact that that maybe one should, if one can, then it fits with mm. one's life. Time for some music. This is Winter Marsalis and Willie Nelson with Busted. <laughs> Thank you. 
That was Winter Marsalis and Willie Nelson with Busted, not the band, but the name of the track. Um, Hilary Gilbert and Robert Rowland have been my business shapers and very nice ones too. They're the co-founders of Boom Cycle, talking about degrees and all sorts. Robert, just thinking about when you started your business, you obviously had some external investors, you alluded to it earlier, and you had family and friends. What's it like being dependent on external capital and help? It must feel slightly vulnerable at a very vulnerable time. Um, it's a tricky question. It's... It's very akin to a relationship. You you kind of have to, you know, you have to explore and you have to kind of listen to each other. And, and it, like a lot of things in business and life, it's all about communication. And, you know, they need to feel that you're communicating with them, um, you know, enough. And you need to make sure you're communicating the right things. And I think it's also about being not afraid to to ask for help um, if you need it. And on the on the like, you know, on the flip side, they need to be approachable. I think I've I've known a lot of people with investors, and and they constantly, um, you know, complain or or say that they're very demanding. And and you know, like a relationship, one can't be demanding over the other. It's a it's a it's a hybrid. You need to basically be um, help each other there. And I think you know we've been very lucky. Um, with all our investors, really, that that they are a huge help. They kind of understand the ups and downs of businesses. They're entrepreneurs themselves. Um, there's a lot of positives that come from it. And obviously, you know, number one, they're giving you some money to go and achieve your dreams. Um, but I think it's it is a very careful relationship that you need to work on to make um, work for you and the business and for them. And you know, you can't just go and take their money and, and expect to not have responsibilities in return. Um, so, you know, I think we've been very, very lucky with, you know, Oakley Capital have been absolutely amazing, as has Nexa Capital, you know, I mean, all of them really, and Pierre, and they've all just been fantastically supportive. And, and they're always there at the end of the phone, and we're kind of constantly in touch with them. And, mm. you know, they've been there before many times. They've done it all before, and we haven't. And, um, you know, I, they, they have a lot to support, so... And in terms of just um, slightly tangential to that, Hilary, but it just made me think about people that you've learnt from, Renette, not just more re- not just recently, but kind of going back a little bit. Who have those people been for you, do you think, in terms of the business experience you had? Because being a model, I imagine you see a lot. I know you're working hard during the, all the work that you're doing, but a lot of stuff is going around you. Have you picked up things along the way? And if so, what would they... Um, well, I've seen a lot of people, like, hustle their way to get where they're at. And it is... A time for a whole lot of action and not a lot of sleep or sitting on your laurels. So, um, specifically, gosh, I don't really know if I can think of of anyone specifically that I've watched. Um, a lot. Of- even oh, sorry to interrupt. But even yourself. I mean, I think you know, as a model, you, you spend your entire time being self-employed, and you are essentially you've got to promote yourself. You have to run your own finances. You have to run your own business. You have to be pretty self-sufficient. Yes, yeah, and totally. you have to do it in many countries. And um, you have to look out for people <laughs> because people will try and take you know take the mic. It's true. I mean, I guess a lot of people, women and men that I know who um, have done what I've done through the years, I've seen them pick up and start in different countries so many times. Um, go learn languages. Uh, you know, do pretty much anything they wanted to do, and they made it look easy even though I know that it wasn't. So there's adaptability, there's that nomadic sense of well wherever I put down my little hat I get going and I'm off again because you're so you become this self-sufficient protective. Yes kind exactly of I mean if you're Useful. not going to do it then you know because no one else is going to wait around. You. <laughs> you also get out what you put in which I think is the same in, in you know 
yeah. in a lot of things, really. Final chat coming up with Robert and with Hillary, my business shapers today, plus a track from the great Louis Armstrong with Ella Fitzgerald. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Right above you, night breezes seem to whisper. That was Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald. Dream a little dream of me, just for a few more minutes. My business shapers, they Robert Ronan and Hilary Gilbert, will be gracing us here on Jazz Shapers. They are the co-founders, if you haven't caught them before, of Boom Cycle, which is the indoor boutique cycling business that they've created. Um, going forward, um, Robert. We, we talked earlier very briefly. You've got a couple going now. You've got backers. You've learnt from the first one. You probably ripped up the plan after the first one, started again on the second one. Numbers three, four, and five. I mean, often the people I talk to, they say, actually, it's getting started's hard, but that middle phase is hard, and then there's suddenly scale. What are you going to do now that you've learnt from the past, and, and what will it, how will it look? And, and why will I be talking to you in two years' time when, you've, when you're mega successful? How are you going to do it? So I think I mean you're totally right. The the jump from the first to the second is is a ultimately a huge step. I mean one you you make especially having not done it before. I mean the other things we were pretty much the first to do it in London, so there wasn't really a precedent to learn from. We just opened it, did what we thought was right, made a lot of mistakes, and then the, the new one that we've just opened in terms of design, look, feel, layout of the site, and the, the kind of all the stuff that goes into the build, we we you know corrected most of those mistakes. But I think what we've really learned from this second opening is is all about the marketing and you know how you open it, how you get your exposure and and the timing of doing that. And I think really what the the kind of journey has been the last year or so and since we've opened the site has been the kind of marketing techniques, customer relationship management, um, the branding side of it and and really nailing down all of that kind of side of the business so now you know the three four there are a few tweaks to be done in terms of the build but actually going forward the biggest things that we've been going to put into action is the the actual marketing of it and that's that's essentially what the business is now it's a marketing and property business and and you know the experience that we're kind of creating for the consumer is is just tightening all that up and making sure that they have um, an amazing time, really. And Hilary, what, what advice would you have given yourself four years ago, knowing now what you know, or three years ago? What are the two or three big things you would say, I wish I'd have known, and by the way, do this? Okay. Um, I guess maybe to spend a bit more time and money on the marketing side, possibly raising a little bit more money the first time around if there was a way to somehow keep my equity as it was um, in that fantastical scenario. Um, The other thing, gosh, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if we could have got someone on board or consulted with someone who had done it before, if it would have made it easier. However, I don't think I would know or Robert would know the business as well as we do if we hadn't had to fight tooth and nail for every single thing and learn it the hard way. So mm. it's kind of tricky. And, and, and just before I ask you your song choice between you, which we can decide you can have a fight. Uh, who's <laughs> going to answer the question? But how do you resolve conflict if there is conflict between you two? Because again, as we said right at the beginning, critically important that you have a real and healthy nurturing relationship between the two. Hard enough when you've not got work and a new business and new people to employ and a whole bunch of problems 
What is the way that you? What is the mechanism? Mechanism, if there is one, for conflict resolution. I think we have both have definite, very defined roles in terms of what we do. Um, so, to be honest, that, that doesn't really come up too much. I mean, I think in all the the big decisions that we look at, um, you know, when we were getting this, the fundraising, um, all those sort of things, putting the new business plan together, it wasn't even just us. You know, we would have. Um, some of our, um, you know, the angel investors that came on board right at the beginning, very close um, friend. Um, but, but your temperaments are complementary. So we are, yeah, the temperaments are very complementary. I mean, I think, but yeah, we definitely have our defined roles and, and we kind of just trust each other to, to, to make the thing. I mean, we discuss everything, but ultimately, except we have the areas that we... Ultimately, Hillary always wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely it's a communication thing, as Robert had said earlier. But I also have to say is that um, perhaps you have to choose your battles a little more. Like maybe if you're really tired and you just feel like being a bit nasty, then you're like, maybe I shouldn't because I don't want to deal with that all week. So that's a definite. So there are boundaries. You create boundaries. In yeah, some I think way. quite often we'll we'll start talking about something, and if it goes, you know, late, if we're after over dinner or afternoon and it's late at night, and it goes in that direction. We just say, you know, we're not talking about this anymore. This is time for this is for the. God, office I wish tomorrow. I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my, my wife probably wishes I could do that. Fantastic stuff. Just before I let you both. I'm going to throw it into the ether. You can decide what is your collective song choice. Uh, It's Robert, and why have you chosen it? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Freddie King going down. And why have you chosen Freddie King and going down? It's just just reminds us of the times of putting this this whole thing together when we'd pretty much every night either having worked from home building the business plan or coming back from from building the site and over dinner and cooking a lot and and ultimately as we do at the end of most days needing a, a a nice drink gin and tonic to finish it off and and blues playing and it just relaxes us and it just makes us think you know happy be be grateful of the situation that we're in and, and lucky and excited that we're building this great thing and it's just a a song that really reminds us of of that time really Fantastic, both you, Hilary and uh, Robert. Thank you very much for being my thank business shapers. This you. is your choice. It's Freddie King and going down. That was the song choice of my business shapers today, Hilary Gilbert and Robert Rowland. It was going down from Freddie King. Two fresh, young entrepreneurs who are at the beginning of what will hopefully be a very successful journey. Do join me again, same time, same place, for another edition of Jazz Shapers. That's next Saturday, 9am, here on Jazz FM. In the meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business but it's personal.